Paul writes in Colossians 3, And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. For believers, every action we do and every word we say should bring glory to God. Hi, my name is Gary Myers. And I'm Marilyn Stewart. This is Answering the Call. In this podcast, Gary and I talk to people who are living out their faith. And these are stories that are powerful, interesting, and they will encourage you as you live out your faith daily for the Lord. My guests today are uh, Dr. Rex Butler and Dr. Mark Lewis Johnson, Sr., and uh, Dr. Butler uh, teaches church history and patristics here at the seminary. And uh, Dr. Johnson is the assistant professor of evangelism and pastoral ministry at NOETS. And so thanks for joining me today. And uh, I wanted to hear a little bit about this class that you guys have been having. I think you're having it on uh, Fridays. Uh, (laughs) Been hearing a lot of good things about it. and you've created a new class, and so tell me a little bit about the name of the class, and and uh, and we'll get started with that. We titled the class African American Christianity, and we began the semester by looking at African American Christians who've made significant contributions to the church, but too often get overlooked, and so we're looking at at uh, a historical perspective of individuals and how they put together uh, the Christian movement among African Americans. Next, we will look at the African American church and the impact it has on the culture, uh, not only of the African Americans, but really uh, nationwide. And then toward the end of the class, we're going to look at Uh, issues of racial reconciliation. What are the next steps that we can take uh, in our own lives, uh, in the Southern Baptist Convention, and in the nation? Yeah, I don't think that's fair. That's that's, that's not good. So so here's the thing. This whole course is the heartbeat of years in the making, Mm -hmm. right? So there's been professors and individuals that's been saying, hey, we ought to put something together and start to lean in. And so when I got introduced... Uh, to Dr. Butler, he had me in as a guest in, his, in one of his classes because this was a part of one of his... Which course was that? That, that was, was a, a Baptist heritage. Yeah. It yeah, was yeah, a yeah. weekend hybrid. Yeah, yeah. So th- I was a part of that. And then we were having conversation like, wow, we should... I wonder if it's possible for us to extend this out uh, to a full class, of course, for a semester. His heart was already there. He was like, you know, I was going to ask you that very same thing. (laughs) That's great. And so we had this moment where we just kind of put things together. One plus one equals two. And a lot of great support from a lot of people who gave us the thumbs up. Faculty at NOBTS were very supportive. Our administrative uh, community was really very supportive. And now we're here. So everything he said, I should have probably said this first. And then he should have came <laughs> in with the class. So reverse it. Whatever you heard, reverse it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it doesn't happen overnight either. It's a big no. process to get a class no. approved. So mm-hmm. I mean, you guys worked really hard to make this happen. And I looked at the the syllabus. This is a this is a serious this is a serious <laughs> class here. So uh, um, you've got them uh, reading some some great books. You've got them interacting mm-hmm. with some some uh, some preaching. Some some uh, just some mm-hmm. great things. Uh, over the semester. So tell me a little bit about 
making of the course, um, mm-hmm. what went into that, and the types of things you're doing? Well, I, Mark and I designed the course as an upper-level elective, so uh, we are expecting students to have uh, had some exposure to general uh, church history, Baptist heritage. And so we're jumping in and asking them to look at certain individuals. Their first assignment is a biography of a key African-American Christian. And those biographies uh, now are teaching tools Mm. for the other students in the class. Uh, We also have them uh, looking at book reviews, and uh, everyone will do a book review on John M. Perkins' One Blood. John Perkins, what a, what a great mm-hmm. man of God. And I became mm-hmm. acquainted with him when he uh, came to our campus and spoke in chapel. And I've read his uh, autobiography as well as this book written to the, uh, the American church. And mm-hmm. so I want everyone to read that book. Otherwise, we have a whole series of, of books and biographies about African-American Christianity, about mm-hmm. uh, race relations, and, um, and so on and so forth. And so uh, we just put together the class um, as a way for them to do some in-depth study about individuals, movements, issues that impact not only their lives but also uh, the nation. And then, of course, really, we do want to bring it all back to the uh, Southern Baptist Convention and how we can be more inclusive yeah, yeah, and it's it's really an awesome experience because we also added uh, an extra component where we're bringing special guests, those oh, individuals great. who lived the journey. Uh, mm-hmm. For instance, uh, Otis Moss, you know, he was good friends with Dr. Martin Luther King. Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King married he and his wife. Uh, they became our mentors, and so we spent years with them in Cleveland, great. Ohio. And so being able to get them and say, hey, can you zoom in and let's, let's do a talk about That's the civil great. rights movement that yeah. you actually lived – so we tried to do those kind of things. I mean, I think, you know, some other names that you, you mentioned, John Perkins, and, man, who else is in that, in that group? Well, we Robert Wilson, Robert Wilson is yeah. on yeah. our faculty on. in North yeah. Georgia, and he yeah. had some unique experiences yeah. as, a, uh, as a city missionary yeah. in Los Angeles during the uh, riots in the aftermath of the Rodney King affair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so he has a great story to tell. Absolutely. And, uh, mm-hmm. Tell them about Fred Luter. Yeah, Dr. Luter, of course. You know, being the first African-American president of the SBC, you know, we had to have his voice just to hear from him and those kind of things. And so we're really just trying to give a well-rounded class where you can you get some intellect. Now, here's the challenge. The challenge is how do you put the emotion in the class? Mm-hmm. Because the African-American tradition is, is steeped in emotions, uh, particularly when you think about the importance of the church and the importance of the, uh, the Bible. God's Word. How do you put that in? So when we're teaching the course, we're also saying, now, listen, we're talking about things in print, but if you look in between the lines, you'll feel the print. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that's what we're trying to get across to the students and, and to give them the opportunity to say, hey, it was slavery, but then there was a lot of things that happened during that process to get them to believe that God can break them through. And so it's trying to balance that of the intellect and the heart, and how mm-hmm. do we connect the emotions in there to make this a full class that you walk away saying, I think I got a sense of what, what uh, African-American history is all about. Yeah, it's been pretty cool. I love the fact that you're mm-hmm. sharing, you know, each student is doing a, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a profile of, of, 
of one mm-hmm. person in history, and you're sharing that with each mm-hmm. other, building up a yeah. um, uh, a library a resource mm-hmm. of, of, right. of, of yeah. things, so mm-hmm. so they can share with churches mm-hmm. when they when mm-hmm. they go forward into yeah. ministry. So that's yeah. a great great step. And let me tell you, Gary, that uh, mm-hmm. Mark Johnson brings the emotion. <laughs> oh, I know he does. I know he does. So. Right. No, I don't. No. Yeah. <laughs> we but uh, we also are going to hear from uh, uh, Dr. Williams, who is yep. the, uh, the, the current president of the National African American Fellowship. Fellowship. Yeah. And I think he is going to bring an important perspective of how African American pastors in uh, in the SBC are relating to the convention, and then uh, our fifth, mm-hmm. uh, last but certainly not least, is uh, Stephanie Friend, Friend yeah. is going oh, to share with us, and we look forward to having her. She'll be a lively guest <laughs> and uh, bring the perspective of uh, of a woman yeah. uh, in Baptist ministry, and so I, I just feel like. Mm-hmm. Because of uh, because of Dr. Johnson's connections, we've been able to bring in some key people mm-hmm. uh, to speak to our students, and they'll be blessed uh, by that by that interaction. Absolutely. That's great. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a sounds yeah. like I'm missing out not being in there. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And so, uh, uh, wanted to uh, kind of shift gears a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is one of those questions you ask, and and you you know it's a it's a dumb question, you know, basically in some ways. But why now? Why is it important? I know why it's important, but I want to hear from you guys why it's important uh, to have a class like this now and what me- need its meeting in the church. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I think when I think about why now, it's, it's always been time. You know, the conversations have always taken place. Um, we've always had the conversations, whether we're eating lunch together or, you know, those kind of things. Of course, the sensitivities of this day makes it so. But it was already in motion before this happened. Mm-hmm. The most, it was already being prayed, prayed for. Or the, you could see the continuity building up. Um, when I left Cleveland, Ohio, I didn't know what God was doing. And that was in, man, 2018, 19. <clears throat> I didn't know I would be walking into this course at this time. So prior to anything that happened um, with shootings and those kind of things, I mean, of course, a lot of things were happening, but before the George Floyd and things happened, we were already pushing towards this. It just happened to land at this particular time. And it's, I think it's a good uh, way of releasing the valve as well for individuals to say, hey, if you want to have the conversations, let's, go, let's come and talk about some of the great things that have been happening in, in our faith. And I think... Uh, being able to share the black church through these lenses and, and able people are able to see and get a sense of, okay, there's there's something to this, and it's been a great journey to watch unfold. And so it takes the heart of people of all colors, all races, all ages, all demographics, in order to say, hey, let's have let's meet and let's make this work. And I think this is a great time to do so. Yes, regarding timing, there's a mm-hmm. sense in which we're late mm-hmm. uh, because this <laughs> issue has been needing to be addressed for some time. Mm-hmm. But in another sense, we are right on time because mm-hmm. because we need Dr. Mark Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need him uh, to bring the African-American perspective 
for one thing, but also, uh, if you do not know, uh, Dr. Johnson pastored uh, a church in uh, Ohio uh, that uh, was was part of the American Baptist uh, churches, and he led his congregation to move into the Southern Baptist Convention. All right, and he faced some uh, some criticism and some challenges by making that move uh, because the Southern Baptist Convention had a negative uh, a reputation among many African Americans. And he was able to say, no, look mm-hmm. at their stand on evangelism. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so we want to be a part mm-hmm. of what they're doing. We want to come alongside them uh, and, and bring our perspective, but then we also can benefit from uh, their resources. And so when, when Mark came here, and uh, I learned his story. I felt like he was the perfect person uh, to mm-hmm. team with me because uh, because of his his experience. Okay, mm-hmm. not to mention his energy. Lord, help us. All right. And so uh, so we make a good team. I'm fairly stable. Uh, I and can, I'm not stable. I can, <laughs> I can raise my voice, all right? Uh, but, uh, but nonetheless, we, uh, we have, uh, I think, brought a, a balance to the class, and uh, I think the students are having a wonderful time. Yeah, we're enjoying it. So Sure. If we're having fun, they've got to be having fun, right? That's right. That's right. That's yeah, you, want, you want the professors to have fun. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, yeah, so, so we know this has been needed. And we know it's been something, you know, students have craved for for some time. And so uh, it's a great time to do it. So, well, I, I wanted to kind of give you an opportunity to share about uh, some individual that has really uh, made an impact on you as you've studied uh, through the topic. Um, so, Dr. Butler, we'll yeah. start with yeah. you. Yeah, I would love to talk about Howard Thurman who is an individual that I knew nothing about, really, until I began doing my research into African-American Christianity, which actually began a few years ago, but I came across the name Howard Thurman. And uh, he is uh, is the grandson of a woman who had uh, uh, lived in slavery and been emancipated, uh, and then uh, her daughter, and uh, and then uh, the the grandmother and the mother really um, discipled Howard. It reminded me of... Timothy and his mm-hmm. grandmother and mother uh, grew up in Florida and uh, worked his way through school and had had a number of academic accomplishments. He was valedictorian at uh, Morehouse mm-hmm. College. He was valedictorian at Rochester Theological Seminary. Mm-hmm. He became the uh, the dean of the chapel at Howard University. But what changed his life, mm-hmm. what had an impact on his life, was a, was a trip to India where he met with Mahatma Gandhi. Mm-hmm. And he could see in Gandhi's uh, nonviolent resistance to the British government that led to Indian independence. He saw the possibility of what uh, nonviolent resistance could do in obtaining civil rights in America. But as he talked to Gandhi, Gandhi asked, why are the blacks in America so connected to Christianity? Gandhi suggested that Christianity 
was a religion used by the white oppressors uh, to suppress the blacks into uh, subservience. And uh, was Christianity the kind of religion out of which could come uh, civil rights and freedom for the blacks? Well, this, was, this brought about a crisis of faith for Howard Thurman. And, uh, but he, was, he knew that he had a deep personal abiding commitment to Jesus Christ, and he knew that African Americans shared that commitment. And so he talks about an experience on Khyber Pass as he uh, overlooked uh, the scenery there, and as he communed with Jesus, he saw Jesus as being the Savior of the disinherited. And so he saw that Jesus is the answer to the oppression and that Jesus is the answer not only for those who are oppressed, but those who are oppressing. And so uh, he came back to America and developed uh, a, a plan for nonviolent uh, 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 civil disobedience that was a major influence on Martin Luther King. Yeah. He wrote a book, uh, Thurman did, on this, this title, Jesus and the Disinherited. Mm -hmm. And Andrew Young tells this story about Martin Luther King that he took that book with him wherever he went. It was like clean underwear, a clean shirt, and uh, Jesus and the Disinherited in the briefcase. And so uh, Howard Thurman is a person who is kind of in the background of the civil rights movement, but such a major influencer. And so I, I enjoyed reading his story. That's a great story. I, 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 was, I was picking up where this was headed when you said where he, had, he was serving, and, and that's amazing to see how, how God uses, you know, these influences and, and uh, knits them all together and mm. uses them for his kingdom. And, and the things that he passed along uh, played such a key role in Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, right. uh, movement there. So that's great. At NOBTS and Level College, our mission is to prepare servants to walk with Christ, to proclaim his truth, and to fulfill his mission. If God's calling you to take your ministry a step further, let us help. Visit us at nobts.edu. That's great. What about you? Was there yeah. someone that stands out to you? <laughs> you know, as I begin to do all the studies and you start to see all the rich history and so many people, great voices, uh, giant figures, and the impact that they've had on next generations. And so I really fell in love with Yvette Ahrens. Yvette Ahrens was born deaf, and God called her into, into this ministry of evangelism, and she wanted to share the gospel. She went to the FMB in, in the 1980s, and she made an appeal that she go overseas and, and serve. And they said no. They saw her deafness as a handicap, and they prevented her from being able to go. She kept serving where she was and, you know, being faithful there in New York um, until they changed the rules. Two years later, they changed the rules. And she goes back and she signs and they send her 
to Jamaica. She goes to Jamaica, has an impact there, and she starts finding the deaf community because she felt like, she said, the bridge is already there. I just have to cross it. Because if you know sign language in one in English, you learn it. It's, it's not the Tower of Babel with, with mm-hmm. sign language. Mm-hmm. If you know it in Asia, it's, it's a sign language. And so she said that it's built. She crossed it. And uh, she just retired in 2016. Wow. And the IMB in 1989, uh, no, 2008, the IMB, you know, made an affinity group for the deaf community. And because of her efforts, she was the first person to be able to do that. And you have those markers of the influence that they've had with uh, so many other great giants of the African-American community, having on the next generation, and they're using their gifts and talents to be the first for many. I was the first African-American commencement speaker at Washington and Jefferson College. Um, You know, they've been there since 1876 or something like that. Um, And so you you realize you're standing on all these shoulders who've done things before, and now they're inspiring a a generation to do some other things as well. So Yvette Aarons kind of rings true for me. That's a great, that's a great story, just overcoming and seeing a need to get the gospel out. That, that is that's amazing. Um, I, I see these people and think, you know, I feel like I'm wasting, <laughs> wasting my time sometimes, you know, with all, the, all that, that some people are able to do with uh, just their uh, obedience before God. So that's amazing. Yeah, that's good. So, uh, why, you know, how does this all come together to help these students in your class become better ministers of the gospel, better equipped to... To, uh, to lead churches? Well, of course, we need churches that are diverse, or at least we need churches that are able to reach across cultural lines, racial lines, and cooperate with each other. And so cooperation requires understanding mm-hmm. and a sense of uh, us-ness, these are us, these are part of the body of Christ. And so I think as we, as speaking as a white Christian, as I understand more about African-American Christians, and particularly their history in our nation, then I come to a greater understanding of who they are, where they have been, how they are feeling, and how can we uh, unite and work together. And so I think that's important. And I hope that that uh, our students are gaining this understanding. Of course, we are cross-cultural mm-hmm. in our student membership. Mm-hmm. And so we have African-American students as well as, as white students. And so uh, they're learning to teach each other mm-hmm. and uh, discuss with each other and, and come together uh, in class, and so hopefully this will translate into a broader effort in their churches as well. Yeah, just arming arming our students for ministry is like the biggest thing for me. You know, when I when I I'm, you know feel responsible, we pray. Of course, we pray every day in class. So I have an intercessory group that prays um, every morning, six o'clock in the morning, for our, if they have prayer requests and those kind of things. And I'm saying, how can we arm our students with the information that they need in order to take on whatever life brings at them? I mean, we talk about prepare, here, serve anywhere, and we want to make sure we do that with uh, giving them a diverse look and diverse, not necessarily color, but of course it adds color, but a, a, just a perspective 
of, of ministry, a perspective of thought, a perspective of intellect? How do you put all these pieces together in order to be ready to go out there and serve? Because you're going to be exposed to so many different things. And this is another way of enriching our students, giving them an opportunity to grab hold of something that they may not get any other way. I mean, of course, you can go to Google and put, look, look at some things, but there's something about being in the classroom where you can have dialogue with individuals and have discussions and bring your strengths to the classroom as well to sharpen each other's swords and to be ready to go out to do ministry. So this course is just that. It's, it's not just a course where you can find out about African-Americans, although you will. It is a course to arm you from ministry to be ready to face the challenges that lie ahead in, in the everyday world. So how, how are students responding to it uh, without, uh, you know, specifying who they are, but uh, how are they responding? Well, I will just put up front that I was, uh, I was a little disappointed in the, in the enrollment uh, because I really did expect a, uh, an enthusiastic response to this class. I saw the need, uh, but uh, it, it wasn't as, as heavily enrolled as I'd hoped. We have, uh, we have a few enrolled in the classroom. We have a, a broader number that are taking the class from a distance through our NOLA to you flex um, uh, format. Some of the distant students will come into the classroom as they have opportunity. And so we end up with, with four to five in the classroom, and that's nice to have a little discussion time. But, um, but there we are. Um, we do have some auditors, and, and I'll just mention, Gary, that as an alumnus of uh, our seminary, with your membership to the NOBTS Alumni Association, you can uh, audit any class for free. Mm-hmm. And so this is an option open to you when you want to participate in our class. The next time it comes up. The around, next time it comes up, I'm, you, I'm can, on it. you can do that. <laughs> and I will say that we, uh, we already have an opportunity to put this on the schedule in fall of uh, 2022. And uh, we'll be meeting on Thursday afternoon, 2 to 5. And uh, this will be uh, offered to both level college students and NOBTS seminary students. So uh, that will give us a little broader pool uh, to draw from. So if you're listening to the podcast, you think mm-hmm. this sounds great, well, look for this uh, <laughs> on, your, uh, on your schedule for fall 2022. Yeah. And for me, just great responses from everyone. Like uh, we getting a lot of uh, text messages, emails, really excited about the course. So grateful that you guys are doing it, those kind of things. And I'm sorry it's at Friday at eight o'clock in the morning where I would be there. So <laughs> yeah. that was a t- deterrent in a lot of ways, just the placement of it uh, to make it, you know, so everyone can access it and those kind of things. So I, I'm excited about that. This is our first go round. And mm-hmm. so we're, we're sharpening this. So I mean, we're putting oh, yeah. this plan together in the air. Yeah. Uh, we're really, uh, I'm really enjoying just listening to your lectures and how we're doing what we do. So uh, I think there's some great things in store. And as we start to figure out the nuances of how to put it in place, I'm sure uh, that we're going to have some great support and some great uh, individuals connect in as well. So I'm yeah. excited about it. Yeah, we rock and roll. So we're, we're nearing the end of time uh, now, but uh, um, mm-hmm. I wanted to hear anyone else that, that stood out to you that you might want to share about that you think every uh, everyone listening to this podcast uh, should know about. I, I 
appreciate hearing about the the two that you shared, but if you have yeah. some more. Oh, I've got plenty more. There's <laughs> plenty more where that came from. But uh, I, I do want to kind of piggyback mm-hmm. on what uh, Dr. Johnson brought up earlier, because Yvette Ahrens mm-hmm. uh, did her ministry in missions. Well, mm-hmm. I think that missions is, mm-hmm. a, is a study that's going to reveal some African Americans who were very active in the missions movement uh, in very unusual circumstances in the late 18th century, George Lyle came out of slavery. Uh, he was uh, he was such a good preacher that his the slave owner set him free so he could right. uh, do his thing, and he planted a church at Silver Bluff. Uh, South Carolina, and then he planted a church in Savannah, Georgia. But then he set out as a missionary for Jamaica mm-hmm. and uh, set up the first church there. And this mission trip was 10 years before William Carey. It was mm-hmm. 30 years before Adoniram Judson. And so I think George Lyle is beginning to get some attention uh, these days because of his early work in missions. And one of uh, Lyle's associates was named David George, who uh, worked with him in South Carolina. But then David George went to Nova Scotia and one of, was one of the earliest Baptist church planters uh, on, along the maritime of Canada. And then he took a congregation from Canada over to Sierra Leone, West Africa, and he planted the first church Mm -hmm. in Africa. Wow. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we, we, another uh, African American missionary is Lot Carey. We hear a little bit more about Lot Carey than we Mm -hmm. do the others, but I just wanted to say that as we consider Baptist missions, uh, instead of just starting with William Carey and Adoniram Judson, we need to add mm-hmm. uh, the stories of uh, of George Lyle and David George and Lot Carey. And it's amazing yeah. the time period when they were doing uh, doing yeah, exactly. their work, uh, yeah. uh, the obstacles they had to overcome to do it. it mm-hmm. It's amazing to, yeah, to yeah. hear that. Absolutely. And then the faith, I mean, it's amazing, too. Like the books we're reading, uh, uh, This Far By Faith is one of the books that we're going through, but it was actually a television series on PBS. And so we're able to teach the class in, in unique ways that we can time up the lectures with the actual series. So I'll teach a little bit and then show you the, the t- television series and try to do that back and forth, again, to give the feel of the class. Uh, I still believe the African-American experience is to be felt Red, of course, but it's to be felt in a way where you can really understand that it took something to have your children ripped from you. When I think mm-hmm. about someone like Sojourner Truth, who was a six foot, you know, tall African-American woman who had this power of God on, on her life and and watching her mother go through what she went through and to have her family taken away. But she still held on to her faith. My grandmother used to say it all the time and I could see it in reading the books. She said, baby. If you keep the faith, the faith will keep you, right? And so when we think about African-American experience, it was the faith, that same faith that they kept, kept them in the midst of so many difficult challenges. And so we're trying to get our students to understand that, to see that this faith is not, this faith that was in Moses' time, the faith that was in the New Testament, the faith that we have today, faith that was in the slavery, the faith that was during the civil rights movement, the faith in 2022 
It's the same faith that if it kept them then, it can keep us now through COVID, through all the obstacles that we're facing in our life, through cancer, through whatever we're facing, um, that if you keep the faith, the faith will keep you. And that's one of the things that is a marker for the African-American experience. Well, that's a, that's a good place to end <laughs> our discussion today. Thank you both for, for joining us, and uh, thank you for telling about this class. Thank you for doing the class. I think it's an important important work and important part of the sec- seminary curriculum and i think hopefully we'll see some some uh some more interest in this course as you teach it again so thanks a lot thank, thank you. you gary thank you hey it's gary and joe here again would you do us a favor if you like this podcast go to itunes and leave us a review this would mean the world to us thanks thanks